Hi guys, Ian here. We had some technical difficulties with this week's podcast, so if apologies for the any issues with sound quality which you might get, and it gets a bit choppy near the end when we had to recover a few files, so it kind of just cuts out. Sorry about that, uh, we should have the problem resolved and we should have no problems with the next one. And with that, on with the show. Hi, and welcome to the McGavin Fries Movie Podcast. I'm Gavin. I'm Ian. And it's been a long time, people. We've been away for a while. It's entirely my fault. And Ian's fault, because Ian's really busy. And your fault. Being on the radio. Oh. <laughs> welcome to the podcast that is uh, broadcast less reliably than the geeks in Malaysia. That's true. That is true. <laughs> and yet somehow they're on more platforms. Mm. How the fuck did they make that swing? When we have this one, I'll put us on Spotify. Oh, you put it up on Spotify? Yeah, yeah. take that, Geeks in Malaysia. They're on Spotify. Fuck you, motherfucker. I didn't realize you could do that when I saw they were on Spotify. <laughs> I saw them on Spotify. I'm like, how did they do what that the shit? Fuck? <laughs> what the fuck, man? We've been doing this forever. How are you on Spotify? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, we are a uh, movie chat review slash whatever show. And it's been a very long time since our last episode. I can't remember when our last episode was. Mm, it's been a while. Yeah, it's been, been a while. It's been quite a while. Uh, Ian's been busy with his radio shit. Uh, full-on critic now. Yeah, with my radio show. With his, <laughs> with his radio show that he does entirely on his own. No. <laughs> and, when um, I decide to let the other guys have a, uh, let a word in edgeways. <laughs> yes, but uh, those of you who listen to this show uh, probably are very aware by now that you're probably, Ian... You're probably voting, like, oh, what's, what's this? This just popped up on my phone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, Ian, as you know, Ian does at the movies.mine. Yeah. Is that what it's called? Uh, at the Movies. At Malaysia. the Movies. At the Movies Malaysia with uh, BFM, with uh, Uma Pagan Ampikapagan and uh, Bahir Yusuf. Yeah. Doing very well at that. I'm very happy for you, my friend. So while I talk about movies, Gavin's been out there making them. <sighs> He's going to let that one sit for a while, right? <laughs> Yeah, I've been making one. Yeah. <laughs> I hear, uh, I hear you do a lot of TV. Yes, been working on some TV stuff. Um, I think I think I had already done the fifth floor when uh, we did the last episode, and I was working on the bridge. The bridge is coming out on the twenty sixth of this month, and um, that being uh, November. Yep, twenty sixth. <laughs> this this will this episode <laughs> yeah, will come out no, in November. Yeah. I'll be pissed if it doesn't. Uh, and I'm also shooting another series in Singapore called Lion Moms, which is in its third season, and that's. That's also a lot of fun. Um, Pontianak will be coming out sometime next year. Still, I'm looking forward for We're going to have an exclusive behind the scenes you will, here. Yes, we're going to have an exclusive. If, you, if McGappin Fries <laughs> doesn't get an exclusive, we're doing something horribly wrong. <laughs> we, can't get a, we can't get an interview with the director who is uh, the, <laughs> sec- the, show. Who's the, the second half of the show. <laughs> he just wants to talk about Spider-Man. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> So because I do other shows that are more news-focused and uh, everything else, we're going back to our old format, which is we're going to talk about whatever, and also Fantastic Beasts. Yes. At some point, we will get to a review of uh, Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. The episode 2, The episode... Crimes of Grindelwald. Yes, we will get to that at some point. Spoilers, but... it's murder. Yes. Before then, before then, we're going to just... We're just going to have a little chat. We'll have a little chat. We'll have a little chat about movies, about things that matter to us. I feel like I should some flashcards and bang them on the counter. You can do whatever your pretty <laughs> little heart desires, Ian. It's fine. He'll be pretty. Uh, but I, I suppose before we talk about anything, uh, we lost two giants of the industry. In our backpacks, which we got from greenroom136.com. That's right. 
That's how long it's been since we've done an episode. Yeah, we forgot the format. <laughs> we are brought to you. We are, we are proudly sponsored by greenroom136.com, who approach every design utilizing the best available material to ensure their products are of high quality and will last a lifetime of use, carefully marrying form and function to creating meaningful products that will assimilate to your daily, daily livelihood. Um, if I don't you... know how long I've had mine now, but it's lasted pretty much longer than any backpack I've had. And I beat the shit out of my backpack. They're good fucking bags, man. Yeah. They're good fucking bags. Um, if, you, if you would like to uh, get one of these bags, just go to greenroom136.com. Or you know what? You can just call them up. Call them up at plus six zero one two seven two three one three six one and say, I want a bag. Yeah. They'll make it happen for you. Yeah. Or WhatsApp as well. Yeah. Uh, at some point, there'll be a link on the site where you can give us a kickback. But we're, we're, we're working on that. <laughs> yeah. Right now, we're just working on trying to get a, trying to get a schedule going. But so, once we get a schedule going, yeah, yeah. So yeah, back to what we were you were talking about. Uh, we lost two giants of the industry in one week. Um, the, these these two hit kind of hard. Yeah, one in particular hit really fucking hard. Yeah, uh, we lost the great Stanley. Um, if you don't know who Stanley is, then I have no idea why you're listening to this podcast. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> thank you, thank you for like now that you've been. I'm amazed you've got to figure out uh, podcasting technology after living in the woods for the first 18 years of your life. I mean, even if you don't know who Stanley is, you know his creations. And he, you know his, you've probably seen his face at least 16 times. Yes, at least 16 times. Uh, he is responsible for pretty much the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe. He passed away at the age of 95, which is a good innings. Very good innings. Although his last uh, couple of years seem to be wrought, fraught. wrought with a lot of... Um, a lot of drama. But did you see the video, the most, the, the last video I think he put out? Because this whole thing where he had his minder slash bodyguard slash manager, and there was a whole nasty story about like there was they were selling comics that the the ink was made with vials of his blood. Do you hear about that? Yeah, 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 yeah. I heard about that shit. Is, is that true? And I think so. I mean, it was all very he said she said stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, he said she said, and then the lawyer said something else. But it seemed to be like he was being taken his his, his as a. As a 95-year-old man, he was being taken over and his name was being abused. But there was a video that came out with his daughter who supposedly had been, like, introducing to some people that went bad. But, like, it was the two of them sitting together and it was a very candid interview. Yeah. And it was more, he seemed with it and he seemed to be not under duress. And, yeah. like, I think some comic, some, he used to go to a lot of conventions. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of people have talked about it because a lot of people are sharing online. I think, was it, was it Renner or somebody else? Oh, it was Chris Pratt, was it? I mean, everybody. somebody somebody gave a bad tweet about like you know you're sharing all these photos. Oh, with their... was it was it Army Hammer? I think it might be Army Hammer. Yeah, it was Army Hammer who uh, who, who did that. But yeah. the fact is, he was out there so often that yeah. if you lived in the mainland U.S. and you went to a comic convention, you probably have a photo with him. Yes, and that's part of his charm. Yes. No, I mean he 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 was the first one of of his kind. Really, I mean he was a real revolutionary to sort of break down the barrier b- between the creators and uh, and 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 the readers. Yeah. You know, he was the one who started that whole thing about involving, you know, the, the, you know, you, you hear about this thing about the Marvel way. Yeah. And what the Marvel way is, it's not just... It's, it's Stan is fucking busy. Here's five pages. Go make a comic and I'll put the words in later. Exactly, exactly. I mean, that was kind of how they, the, the, he would work with the artists is that he was so busy doing shit that he didn't really have time to write everything. So he would talk to the artist and say, it's like, okay, this is how I see it. Draw it. Yeah. And then he'd fill in the dialogue later. Um which is why later there was a lot of controversy if 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 it seemed like he was the only one taking credit for creating certain characters. Because, yeah, and, and some of that because, was down, down to as well, like comics were a trash art for yes, a long time. Yes, and yes. And even he, his name is Stanley Lieber. 
Yes, yes. And he changed it to Stan Lee because he would eventually wanted to. I think his wife talked about he he did the name the pen name Stan Lee so that when he eventually wrote the Great American Novel, it wouldn't like exactly exactly him. because to, the, to him comic books were just a pit stop. He never expected it to be what it was, and he was writing comics so that he could make some money before he got himself a real job. Yeah, <laughs> which is how so many people fall into things. Exactly. Exactly. And, um, you know, you say like, uh, you know, his real name, Stanley Lieber, for the longest time, even after he stopped writing Spider-Man, he would continue writing the Spider-Man uh, newspaper comic strip with his brother, Larry mm. Lieber. Oh, really? I didn't yeah. know about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that, that, that's a real famous quote of Stanley is that he, ne- he always sort of saw comic books as something as a, he never really took it seriously. Yeah. He never really understood what it was until much, much later. It's a fantastic thing that like, I think... Uh, Okay, there's a lot of podcasts that talk about this. I've probably mentioned this a couple of times because it's very heartfelt. Um, Kevin Smith's Fat Man Beyond. Yeah. They renamed Fat Man on Batman. Oh, it's not Fat Man on Batman? No, because they were worried Warner Bros. were eventually going to shut the door on that. Right, okay. And also, he's no longer that fat. Right, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. How does that a heart attack will do that. Yeah. You know, every episode he talks about, you know, I had a heart attack. Yeah. (laughs) We all know you have a heart attack. Uh, That is a really good list of podcasts, too, if you want to get the human side of it, because. He chokes up numerous times and he's just recounting times he met him, like yeah. getting on mall rats and all that kind of stuff and just times he ran into him after that. Yeah. It's beautiful to listen to. But one of the things he pointed out and I've heard of some other podcasts is like Stanley started comics when he was 39. Yeah. And in the next 10 years, he had one of the most prolific outputs of anybody in any media ever. Yeah. That's when he came up with Spider-Man, Spider-Man Fantastic, Man, Fantastic Four. Four. X-Men at the time, not giant size X-Men, just yeah, X-Men. Yeah. Which is, which is, uh, would be X-Factor, I suppose. So you had yeah. the, you had the core group of people, which would be Cyclops, Iceman, Beast, Gene uh, yeah. Grey. It started off as just X Men, and then it was it wasn't so it wasn't so popular. But no, 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 it made it giant size, and then all uncanny and all new. That's when it right. came along. Fantastic Four, yeah, uh, Daredevil, Daredevil, Mighty Thor, yeah, the Incredible Mighty Thor, Doctor Strange, Doctor was a Strange, backup in Strange Tales, yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, just it's insane. Black His, Panther, Black Panther, a white guy came up with Black Panther, exactly. <laughs> a lot of people don't know that. <laughs> uh, it's ridiculous. His out, you know, his his output in, into popular culture and to the entertainment landscape. We, the entertainment landscape as we know it today, would not exist if it wasn't for Stanley. Yeah. And you know, I he was one of those sort of characters that I felt like I knew him before I even really knew what he looked like. The, like the first time I, I saw him, like him. Like what he looked like and how and how he talked was Mallrats. Yeah, that was the first time. But you but, knew what he looked like. No, I knew like, what he looked like because of that, Marvel's bullpen and, yeah. all, and all that and, kind but of also shit. He self-inserted himself in the comics. It was like welcome, true yeah, believers. Yeah, exactly. All kind of and, stuff. and that's and that's kind of what I was talking about with the Marvel way. Is that it's not. Yes, I know that when we think of the Marvel way, people who are familiar with that term think of it in terms of how the the how he worked with the artists. But what he also sort of communicated was he was the first one to really insert himself into the comic books and to actually speak to the readers. Yeah. So if you were... Because one of the things that always sort of uh, scared me about comics when I was a kid, when I was reading it, is the whole idea of continuity. Yeah. Is that there's so much history in the comics that if you just pick up a comic, how do you know that you're going to be able to understand or follow what's going on? Who the and fuck's Ben Riley? Exactly. <laughs> there'd be some shit that would, that would happen in, in a comic book panel. And just as you're thinking to yourself, what is this? Suddenly, there'd be like a little blurb where where Stan would just pop up and say, like, if you want to know more about this, check out Fantastic Four, yeah. issue 443. But even you before know? that, I mean, they, they got to a point recently, I think, at some and, point. And the way that he would nickname everybody there, like, yeah. he would make them part of the family. Yeah. You know, it's like drawing. But it, was like, it, it would be like, it, I mean, there's a lot of skill in drawing, that, drawing then the last 30 issues of comics to two square panels. 
Mm. It's like, you know, welcome back, true believers. And yeah. like, Spider-Man's in a tight spot because Kill Raven's after him or yeah. some shit like yeah. that. Yeah. It's yeah. like, yeah. there you go. And they, they, at some point during, I think, the astonishing phase with the weed and some of that, around that time, they moved into, Marvel moved into like, the inside cover was that. Yeah. Which was like, it's still a holdover. It's basically the same thing, which yeah. he did. Because you look at Superman, it's like, he's just fighting whoever everybody. Yeah. This is like, Smiling Stan's there to tell you what's going on. He exactly. was Smiling Stan, wasn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. Smiling Stan, yeah, yeah. And I think I think I forget what I, I can't remember. He did a voice for a cartoon. Was it, did he do intros to Spider Man as Amazing Spider Friends? He did intros for some things. Ah, uh, shit! I can't remember. He might have done. Because it would not surprise me. Because even before Mallrats, you would have heard his voice. Yes, because I remember the intro to uh, uh, Spider Friends. Yeah, and it would not surprise me if it was him. Yeah, and and he kept going. Like he kept fucking going and he was one of these people that just transcended everything even during the point where Marvel went bankrupt yes uh, they sold off all their shit and then they slowly got it back together again but they always kept him around yeah and I, I think he uh, again they talk about at some point he sued them for loss of earnings or something like yes, that yes. And the, the, the comparison was it's like uh, Colonel Sanders sues KFC yeah because he's the face of your brand don't piss that guy off yeah I mean? exactly but overall he managed to keep going and keep turning over things and I've seen two movies this week where after he passed I've seen two movies that um, I'll talk about later or not at all later or later podcasts where I wasn't expecting it because you think when someone passes away yeah. they're gone yeah. and he popped up twice mm. and I was like uh yeah um, and uh, people have talked online as well about it's going to be hard to see when you see the message at the end of the movie where it says in loving memory of Stan Lee but I've had that now twice after the passing away and it's like in two places I did not expect to see them and it was... Yeah. No, I mean... Waterworks. The interest... What's funny about it is that... You know how there are certain... You know, I don't know if you have this, but if you have, like, certain relatives that just keep going. Mm. Like... You like th- the Queen. Like, you think to yourself... You what's think, that? that, that Eddie, is it sketch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the Queen. Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, like, me. <laughs> it's like, you think to yourself, these guys, these guys are just going to outlive everyone. Yeah. And then... And, and, and Kevin Stanley, Smith talked about having... When he was on Mallrats, and they talked about how he was, like, a little bit frail then. Yeah. He was 73. Yeah. Around 70-something. Yeah. And he talked about, like, 10 years later doing some event where Stan was talking to him and Jason Mewes, and he walked off and said... Hey boys, and they talked to him for a bit, and he's like, "See you later, boys." And yeah. then he turned around and walked straight up the fucking stage and just fell. <laughs> and it's like, "Oh Jesus Christ!" And the Kevin's was like, "Oh my God, I've killed Marvel Comics." And he bounced up. I think he was picked up by his his, his body man or something yeah. like that, and he was fine. Like, it's all right, boys. See yeah. you later. Hey there, Spidey friend. Yeah. <laughs> and he just, he just, yeah, he's one of those people who just kept on going. Going exactly. Shit, you know. I mean, he was. It cost like 150 US to, to get his autograph in Comic Con. I should have fucking got it. Yeah. We didn't see him wandering around, did we, when we were there? No, no, we didn't see him wandering around, but we no. could have gotten his autograph for 150 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, we'll have the memories. And I, 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 people were talking about their favorite moments, and I think one of the favorite ones was from uh, Big Hero 6. Mm. I wear them front. I wear them back. You know, yeah. the underwear thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, just, and that's, a, that's a delight. He was very... Whether he was self-aware or not, or he just let people go with it. Yeah. Uh, he said again, Kevin Smith. Thing, I'll keep bringing this up. Sorry uh, about Mallrats, about the whole thing about the one that got away. Yeah, and he's explaining how that was a movie and everything, and like he had to explain to his wife. <laughs> exactly, like, it's yeah, a movie, yeah, honey. Yeah. yeah, you know. Yeah, um, but he just seemed like a decent skin of a guy. He was just, I'll miss him. I'll miss him. But the other thing is, whenever these things come out and people get a little bit mockish about it and all that kind of stuff, like the people passing away or whatever, mm. rest in peace and all that kind of stuff, mm. he had a real good run. He had a fucking good run. I hope I get to 95. Getting to 95 is one thing, but getting to 95 and never stopping. 
Yeah. Never quitting. And apparently, like he was working until the very and end. And apparently, Marvel have five cameos in the bag. Yeah, they recorded some ahead of when he yeah. got ill or whatever. Yeah. So, so that's going to be you're going to continue to that, see him. That's going to be tough to watch. Yeah, yeah. Like I said twice this week already, and both were in animated forms. Mm. And even then, it was like, oh, jeez. <sighs> we salute you, Excelsior. So the other one that passed away that was sad as well was uh, William Goldman. Yes, William Goldman, Academy Award winning screenwriter, uh, author of two of probably the best books I've ever read about screenwriting and, but more importantly, the, the f- Hollywood. But also anything. Like, he's just an amazing storyteller. So there's, it's Adventures in the Screen Trade and... Okay, wait, William Goldman. We're talking about oh, William, William Goldman. Goldman. I, I said that, right? No, you didn't. Oh, okay. No, you didn't. I didn't. No, you didn't. I didn't. Did you? This is the tape. Okay. Um, <laughs> we'll listen back. Yeah. We'll listen back. But uh, this is the screen trade and what, which lie did I tell? I'm pretty sure you did. I think I read both of those. I read, definitely read Adventures of the Screen Trade. Mm-hmm. But like that was the book that came up with no one in Hollywood knows anything. Yes. And yes. the thing is, that applies in everything to life. Anyone, if you're a teenager listening to this and you want to get into movies or you want to get into programming, you want to do anything in life. And Just you fucking see, do it. And you see somebody who's like seems to know it all or have it nah, all. He doesn't they have know no shit. fucking clue. He doesn't know shit. Yeah. Tom Cruise is just like throwing shit at the wall to see what sticks and he's been lucky. Why the fuck do you think he keeps hanging off of helicopters? Because <laughs> that seems to work. <laughs> yeah. Oh, people like this. I'll people do it again. People like to see me almost die. I'll, I'll do it again. Yeah. Everyone thinks I'm fucking crazy. <laughs> I might as well hang off a fucking helicopter. I'm crazy to the tune of a $600 million box office global. There you go. So, it, it, those are hugely interesting insights because... Hollywood can be defensive of that thing. They don't want everyone to know that they've no. I mean, especially Hollywood executives, they don't want yeah. everyone to know they don't know anything. Yeah. And then everyone who's making it, they you know, they get they get a run. Yeah. Like you look at James Cameron or something like that. Like you get a run of movies and they're all fantastic. And it's like then there's one that's weird and you're like, well, but that's because they don't know. Yeah. They don't know they're they're genius. And which lie did I tell is hilarious. Yeah. I mean, the stories that he has are fucking hilarious. And also, there's some really interesting lessons to learn about screening light, screen, the screen lighting, screenwriting. For example, when he was uh, adapting Absolute Power for Clint Eastwood. Yeah. Uh, first, before he talks about the process of doing that, he, you know, he tells the story about what it's like to work with Clint Eastwood. He's like, this is what you need to know about working with Clint Eastwood. When it's time for lunch, he waits in line. <laughs> Let me say that again. He waits in line, and this is in italics, yeah. because a lot of movie stars don't. Yeah, yeah. A lot of movie stars push it's through and all that kind of shit. It's all ego, uh, and he made it a he made it a very important point that Clint Eastwood waits in line. I like the cut and, of his jib. and that's all the fuck you need to know about Clint Eastwood is that. But he's, also, he's a professional the writer, the and writer, and the the screenplay writer in him, telling that one fact sums up that character. Perfectly. Yes. And that's a writing thing. Yes. I think, uh, is, it's, is it one of the books about what he did on, someone tweeted the other day about what he did on Goodwill Hunting? Yes. There was a whole subplot apparently about the government wanting Will Goodwill yeah, yeah, Hunting yeah, yeah, to yeah, work yeah, on something. Yeah, yeah. And all he said was to them, he had a, I'm not sure if he's a credit, but he has like a, he consulted and said, just ditch that. Like, yeah. Okay. And that was it. Yeah. That's all he did. Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> some brilliant fucking notes but okay so he was adapting Absolute Power mm-hmm. uh, which is a pretty okay film I haven't seen it in a long time but I remember uh, I enjoyed it uh, but it's not one of William Goldman's strongest but solid film but he was saying that he read the book he loved the fucking book and he's like I gotta do this I gotta do that I can't, I can't figure out how to make this work in the film yeah. and he was really really struggling over it and then he decided what he was gonna do is that he was gonna take out Tony Gilroy to a basketball game <laughs> 
and get his sort of a, 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 a opinion about it because he respects Tony Gilroy. Yeah. And so Tony Gilroy was looking at the script and all that, and Tony Gilroy was like, you got to ditch this. And, and then he's like, I can't do that. I can't do that. You can't do that. This is one of the central things of the book. And then Tony Gilroy says to him, that's your fucking problem, dude. Fuck the book. Yeah. This is the movie. Yeah, yeah. What's it called? You gotta, you gotta kill yeah, your darlings. Yeah. And, uh, and William Goldman said, like, in that moment, I wanted to rip his head off and shit down his <laughs> I mean, that's not exactly what he said, but it was something along those lines. It's like he hated Tony Gilroy in that moment. Did he do it, though? No. Uh. <laughs> no, no, he did. He did. He did do it. He, he, he took a bit out. Yeah, he took that bit out. And then after that, he said it was like... The floodgates opened and yeah. he was able to finish the script. And sometimes that's what you need. Yeah. You just need, you need to be cruel with yourself. And he was also, because he also, I mean, he did, like, he did the screenplay for All the President's Men. Which Cassie and the Sundance Kid. Which Cassie and the Sundance Kid. He did the screenplay for Misery. He was talking about how no actor, no, like, uh, the, the role that was eventually played by James Conn. Like, uh, Paul, Paul Sheldon. Was it Paul Sheldon, the, uh, the, the, the author's name? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And James Caan ended up playing the role, but he was saying that no actor in that in, in Hollywood wanted to play that part. Yeah. No actor wanted to be held helpless like that uh, by a woman. The only actor who came close to signing on, other than James Caan, was Warren Beatty. Mm. Like, Warren Beatty came pretty close. Richard Dreyfuss said no, Michael Douglas said no, like a whole bunch of fucking people said no. And then finally, like, James Caan, James Caan, guy in need of a comeback, does the movie, movie is a huge fucking hit. He hasn't done much recently, has he? Who? Not a whole lot. No, not a whole lot. Not a whole you lot. worked on Dreamcatcher? Yeah, he also worked on Wildcard, yeah. the, the Jason Statham movie. Oh. Yeah, so... Yeah. No, I mean, but, but then again, it doesn't really matter. But the thing is, he was a working writer in Hollywood, and that is, and like, that is like, you know, the Olympics level of exactly, writing. Exactly, exactly. He's been around, like, forever, and it's not just, it's not just the scripts that he wrote. It's, he, he doctored numerous fucking movies. Numerous. We'll never know exactly how many movies he actually had a, yeah. had, had a hand in, because he was that prolific. Yeah. But it, it's not so much his screenplays. I mean, his screenplays are amazing, but it's really... He was the first... That I can think of, like writer, author, screenwriter, that was actually a celebrity. That 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 if you if you were any if you were interested in film, you knew this guy. Yeah. And you didn't just know the scripts that he wrote. You knew him. You had an idea of his personality. You had, you had heard some kind of an- anecdote. You'd heard something about something. Like for example, he was he's obsessed with movie stars hype. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, like which lie did I tell? You know, it's like he's in Khan, and it's like, and someone tells him like Stallone's at the pool, Stallone's by the pool, and he just runs over there just so he can stand next to Stallone because <laughs> he because he, he's obsessed with because that's one of the illusions about Hollywood yeah. is that movie stars are generally not that tall. No, you know, and he's he's obsessed. What's the what's the thing for the the bring back to Tom Cruise the Dark Universe photo? Oh, Tom yeah. Cruise is the same height as yeah, yeah, Russell Crowe. Yeah, 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 Russell Crowe's yeah, yeah. a hulking beast of a man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But he would just be obsessed with that shit, and he would and like like I highly recommend, uh, particularly which slide did I tell? Yeah, like those, those books are fantastic. I read them along. Like it shows how in my you know in my youth I read them. Yeah, because it was that was the book to read. Exactly, exactly. Because it was it was no bullshit. Yeah, you can read you can read. I, I, slight digression, but I read like Ed Catmull's book on the early days of Pixar uh, Imagination Inc. Mm-hmm. And it's all about how to get creatives to work with the kind of a production style that IT needs for the animation and everything mm-hmm. like that. And their whole style and everything like that. And all of it I totally bought into. And then a year or two later, the story came out about he was involved in the whole pay fixing in Hollywood, in Hollywood and California. Where mm-hmm. it's like Apple, Pixar and Amazon and a few other places were not going to. They were saying, we won't poach from anybody, mm-hmm. but also we won't drive up 
uh, wages. Yeah. It's like if Apple starts offering like twice the price for programmers, then everyone else has to keep up. So they all kept it flat and it completely broke the illusion for me. It's mm. like you were a genius, but now you're an asshole. Mm. He never was an asshole. He was, he was an asshole to start with in certain ways, but yeah. we're all assholes. Yeah. We're missing out. We haven't talked about the thing that like always was stick in my mind, which is the Princess Bride. The Princess Bride. Which is going to be weird now because they're doing a weird Princess Bride thing for Deadpool when it comes out in December. The yeah, 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 yeah. They're doing a weird fucking thing with that. Yeah. Exactly. Have you seen the photo? I have seen the photo. Yes. It's like Fred Savage Fred and Savage. in the same yes, yes, Chicago yes, shirt yes. and stuff. No, I've seen that. But that movie, I, my aunt, Patricia, who took me to a lot of movies, she's the reason why I like movies so much. It's the reason why I'm on the radio on VFM. Um, probably. <laughs> I knew like that. You fucking ass. No, but she was the one who took me to all these movies. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. I don't know. I, don't, I said before, I think, on the show, I don't think I was a problem child or had ADHD or anything. But I spent a lot of weekends in the cinema with my aunt, away from the rest of the family. My, like, the flip side of that, of that story for me is that, um, I mean, I've always loved film, but I remember at one point uh, we had uh, a Chinese a Chinese helper who would um, always take me to go see Chinese movies at PJ Ruby, yeah. which is why I'm such a huge Chow Yun-Fat fan. I'm such a huge Chow Sing Chi fan. I'm yeah. such a huge Andy Lau fan. Uh, it's because of the experience of going to see movies like every week yeah. with, so with people like this. And, the, and these are people that sort of, you know, because, they, they yeah. lay the foundation yeah. for who you are. It's again, it's like we always love movies. We always love movies because of these people. Yes. It's like, what are you doing yes. this week? What are we doing this weekend? I think we should take to the movies. Which one? Doesn't matter. Let's go. Yeah. And seeing The Princess Bride and not really, again, back then, you didn't get the pre-release hype so much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, yeah. it was in newspapers. And I miss that, you know. I, re- I mean, yeah. I really do miss discovering films. Yeah, I was it's, look- it's getting I was looking- harder and harder to discover. films. I was looking when we went to see some Fox movie, and they had like a full thirty minutes of stuff coming up beforehand. Like I've seen too much of Battle Angel Leaf in it. Yeah, because they were showing large sections of. Oh it well, actually, it. I haven't because. Actually, I'm I'm pretty like yeah you're going you're going cold turkey. I'm pretty nowadays. isolated. To yeah, be honest but, with I, but but yeah, you're you're like mainlining. We're, we're getting them before every fucking press screening, and like it's a good thirty minutes sometimes. That's like I don't I want especially when they do the long ones. You know, mm. like you got like a ten minute section of the movie. Yeah, that's Fuck too off. much. It's too don't much. Watch. Yeah. But seeing the Princess Bride and then like revisit as a kid and then revisiting it later where there's so many more jokes I didn't sketch mm. and then like. Mm, MLT where the mutton is nice and lean. Yeah. Like, just that. That's like, eight-year-old me isn't going to get that, but 18-year-old, 21-year-old me is going to watch that and go, Billy Crystal, you fucking got it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or, you know, I, I think a lot of people shared the photo of like, you know, uh, sorry I have to beat you up and everything, but uh, enjoy your sleep and may you dream of large women. Exactly. And the whole Inigo Montoya thing is fucking... That's brilliant. It's legendary. I love that fucking thing that Christopher Guest does just before he's about to to fight Inigo Montoya and he's like they're all doing these like stances and then Christopher Guest just turns and runs away yes <laughs> no, I also like Christopher Guest I thought you were going to go with the ones where he's given him the he's taken two years off a year off his life yes of Wesley's life right, that's right and he's like he does a survey like, yeah. oh, on a scale of one to ten uh, how did that feel he's going <laughs> ah! he's like, oh, interesting <laughs> but that that movie works on so many levels to the pain not to the death it's such a great film and you wrote it for his kids, right? Yes. And it's again, it's a beautiful example of writing what you know or writing, you know, something that maybe for him even it was just like a, 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 something for, he was telling his kids this story he wrote it down. Yeah. And it became this movie that means so much to so many people. And if you can do that as a writer, that is like a goal. Mm-hmm. That's like, a, that's that's magic. Mm-hmm. That's the magic of Hollywood. That's why we do this podcast. That's why we talk about movies. That's why we go see movies. Because like, pe- people like him just create create work that just like stays with us yeah you know it becomes part of our life it becomes part of the, the pop culture yeah it's ridiculous 
And everyone knows who Inigo Montoya is. Exactly. Even people who don't know. Even people who don't know who he is know who he is. Yeah. He will be missed. Salute, sir. Drop it harder. Um, there's a trailer that came out that I think we have to talk about because every podcast I've listened to and all sorts of fields has talked about. And just because it's the most weirdest thing that's come out. And it's a beautiful counterpoint. I was, look, I was lying in bed before this trailer came out because, you know, it came out US time. And there's I'm a tweet like, about... I'm like segging away from death. Yeah, segging away. <laughs> okay. You're not supposed to talk in segments. <laughs> uh, what the fuck? That's, that's a podcast thing. You never, never say segway. Yeah, all right. So there's a beautiful counterpoint where I was like, you know, there's a whole thing about like Alita, Battle Angel, new trailer drops tomorrow. And it was right above it was the trailer for Detective Pikachu. It was like, no one's going to care about your movie. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Mike uh, Rodriguez. Sorry. Detective Pikachu is a thing. Wow. I mean, it's a mood. It's any fucking slang hipster term you want to say for fucking amazing, but also weird, but also fucking awesome. When it was first announced that Ryan Reynolds was following up Deadpool with a Pikachu movie. I thought it was going to be, you know... Like a Pokemon movie. For kids. I thought it would just be like, dude, what the fuck, man? Yeah. You know? Um, but I saw this trailer. <laughs> Pikachu is a Deadpool. And I'm like, sign me up, man. Yeah, I, I, okay, I, I mean, I, I should say, I know nothing about Pokemon. I know fucking well, you know nothing. Well, you, you know you gotta catch them all. Like, even that, I'm not, even that, I'm not, like, I'm the wrong generation. I'm the wrong, I'm, I'm, I'm not the, I'm not the target audience. No, I mean, I did, clinging on to my youth, like, I still play video games. But like, like I, I have no idea what that fucking thing is about. Like, yeah, it's, at that is point, it an I, anime? Is yeah, it a card game? What the fuck it was, is it? It was one of those, it was one of those first things where I realized that, like, culture is getting, pop culture is getting away from me, and I did get Pokemon Red, and try it out. When what I was, is that? It's one of the games. They're always, see, there's always, see, there's see. always two versions because they're very fucking canny marketeers. So like you got red and blue, I think it was. All right. So you know more than me. Like I know yeah. fuck all about this. All I know is, is that it's huge. It's Japanese. And it gives you Caesars. And it's, I don't even know that. Like I just know that, that like this, like this. Well, they used to be the, the flashing cartoon. This cute little fucking furry thing. That's no. all I know. That's all Pika-pika. I know. I didn't even know that. You didn't know that? No, no, I knew that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what a Snorlax is? I've heard of it. Yeah. I don't... I mean, I'm down with the like original... Like, if you were to, like, put put a fucking, like, uh, criminal lineup and, like, pick <laughs> the, out the Snorlax... The usual Pokemon? Yeah, pick out the Snorlax, I wouldn't fucking know what it looks like. I wouldn't. I might, like, take an educated guess. He's a sleepy one. Right. <laughs> He's a total looking fuck. But, like, I mean, I... Did, I <laughs> fuck you, dude. <laughs> I did I did play Red a bit because it was like, this thing is popular. I, I'm not I'm not down with the kids. I was like 20 or something. I was like, I got to know what this is. You fucking ass. I was, to, I, was studying, fuck- I was studying for my finals in engineering and like taking breaks playing Pokemon I gotta Red. I got to know what the kids are doing. I got to play Pokemon Red. And it, it paved you, the way for me to be a giant man-child now. You fucking <laughs> cock. <laughs> but, you know, I've been aware of it. See that Pokemon? That's yeah. you, that is. Yeah, I'm, yeah. A, I'm, aware, I'm aware of Pokemon. Of it, yeah. I'm aware of it. But this, I like, of all the things they could do, like, there have been animated movies forever. Yeah. All these different things come out. I mean, yeah. one of the geniuses of the original thing was there was two games, but only, you couldn't get all the Pokemon in one game. You had to trade with your friends. Right. So that was a genius marketing thing, or some kids would just buy two of them, whatever. You had right. to trade on your Game Boy. Yeah. Oh, I miss the Game Boy. Um, I, mean, I do miss the Game Boy. That was the height of my... Uh, gaming prowess. Gaming prowess. <laughs> Yeah, we still do that. We do the show where we introduce Gavin to like Doom and see how he does. But um, they've had these animated movies for years. It's like the, the idea of a live action one. You're thinking Mario Brothers. You're thinking Super Mario Bros. with Bob Hoskins. You're thinking they're going to miss it so they're going to miss the point so badly. Yeah. But they seem to have 
found new points to nail on the head ridiculously. It even looks, it looks like a Tony Petra movie. There's a lot of neon. Did you see Jesus the, Christ. Did you see the, no, all the shit you see from Shadowplay. Have you seen the photo of the, like, the guy who's asleep on no. the desk and there's a, there's a Jigglypuff? I know, I know, but like, Jesus Christ, Tony, if you hear this shit, try not to get too much of a hard on. <laughs> but it's all like neon lit and like, they have these beautiful shots of Pokemon, fucking Pokemon running around. I'm like, that's a beautiful shot. It's beautifully composed. Yes. The lighting yeah. matches on the Pokemon. No, on the I agree with you. I agree with you. The trailer looks fucking amazing. And I, then I'm and desperate then, to see this fucking movie. And then right, right, the Pikachu opens his mouth and says, "Oh, here we go. You're and not gonna understand me." He's like, "What do you say?" It's like, "You can understand me." It's fucking Deadpool. Ah, the genius part for me is like he's walking. Justice Smith is wandering around saying, "Like, no, everyone must be able to understand you." It's like, "Can you understand what he's saying?" And these couple are just standing there, and he goes, "Pika Pika." Yeah. And it's ridiculously cute. Yeah, and yeah. like, oh, he's so cute. Pika Pika. So you told your kid. Fucking no one understands me. Yeah. No, this movie looks amazing. Yeah. This, this movie looks fun as shit. I so can't I, wait to see it. I don't recognize Mr. Mime. Mr. Apparently the Pokemon at the end, the miming dude. Yeah, yeah Mr. Yeah. Mime. I don't know what the fuck that is. That's a, that's from my fucking worst nightmare. Well, the fuck that well you don't... I mean, like, you know more than me. I don't know shit about this. No, but this. it looks like... In so, live action, it looks like a terror. It looks like something that comes to your... It's like the fucking cousin of the Babadook. No, like, to me, the most scary thing is the fucking uh, symbols monkey in Toy- from Toy Story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> monkey shines. Monkey shines, man. That movie fucked me up as a kid. This is just an amazing, amazing trailer. And it, 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 I bring up Battle Angelina again because they have done wrong with the marketing at every step of the way of that movie. Like, I never read the comic. Have you read Battle Angelina? Yes, I read it. The new one makes it look like there's more of a, uh, a sports element to it. There's a fighting... Have you seen the trailer? No, you haven't seen No, that. I haven't seen that trailer. The, the, the other trailers are all like, oh... You, you have access to trailers I don't because, mm-hmm. you know, you're like... I keep an eye out. You know, you keep an eye out. But also, you're, you're, you're in the system now. Yeah, yeah. You're part of the system. I'm in the pipe 5x5. Five five. Yeah. But there's a, all the trailers up to date have been like, you know, oh, she's a, she's an android from a previous time, but her brain is human. Let's make sure that's clear to the audience so they don't think she's a robot. And it's some fighting crap. It's like, this is good, but it's CGI garbage, so I don't feel any weight. I don't feel any connection. There's no, I'm not worried about these CGI com- computer robots. I, I mean, when it comes to that particular movie, uh, because, you know, you've had access to way more footage than me. So mm. my kind I've had, I've had access to footage I don't want to see. They showed me footage that I didn't want to see. They gave us like a preview thing. But was it good? In that context, no. Because they're showing... Here's a clip from the movie where... Uh, what's his name? Um, Christoph Waltz. Christoph Waltz has a hammer. It's like, what the fuck? I don't want to see this. This is supposed to be an emotional beat in your movie. No, because based on the trailer I saw, mm-hmm. it looks fairly faithful. Okay. Because I haven't... I've been meaning to read the comic for I decades. Mean, I mean, I never have. I mean, okay. The way that it is with a lot of manga is that there's a lot to get through. Yeah. So have I read the whole fucking canon? No, no. I haven't. But am I familiar with the basic setup of the yeah. story? Yes, I am. She's an android that has like some badass martial arts skill. But the latest trailer shows like kind of a rollerball, a roller derby kind of aspect to it where she's like competing in some game against other robots or something. All right. I don't know. Either way, the way the marketing of that movie is like in three or three trailers and a special viewing preview bullshit. They haven't made me one iota as excited as I was about Detective Pikachu. <laughs> that was not. Those are not phrases I would have thought I would say ten years ago. I, I can't believe you're saying it now. Yeah, but it looks amazing. It does look really fun. It looks fun in the same way the Lego Movie looked fun. Yes, you know what I mean. Like I, it just seems to have this kind of feeling, this sense knowing. of irreverence. It's knowing and this very knowing. Yeah, exactly. Like I said, Jigglypuff is a little shit. Who, when they sing, people go to sleep. And there's a guy asleep on a dirty ass looking diner counter, and Jigglypuff is standing there like she's gonna he or she or it is gonna stab you in the fucking face. <laughs> I never thought I'd get that from a Pokemon. 
Pokemon. Pokemon. Fuck me, man. We're getting old, dude. And yet, this seems like it's laser targeted at us. Yeah. <laughs> but it's also like you could you could argue the same thing about about the Lego Movie. Mm. When they first announced the Lego Movie, you and I were like, "This movie's gonna be shit." Yeah. You know, and then you see the first trailer. I'm like, "I'm there." Yeah. I'm there. And they it turned out to be one of the best fucking movies of the year. Exactly. And it, it's it's funny. I watched the movie recently. Like I'm under NDA, I can't talk about Lord and Miller involved. Uh-huh. And it's like. Why isn't every movie like this? This is basically the best thing they could have done with the concepts. Like yeah. every moment of it. Like it's not like here's the big. T- <laughs> I remember when they first announced it, and we were coming up with like casting ideas, yeah. and you were like, "Jason Statham is yeah, yeah, yeah. the red brick." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, but, but they made the best possible version of that. And bringing it back to Go- uh, Goldman, that is a tremendous skill to do that, and yeah. also get it through the Hollywood system. Yeah, I mean, we've seen it. What happened with Solo? Well, I mean, yeah, it doesn't always get through. No. And based upon, I, I would, I would actually really. I mean, I, I never saw release the Lord and Miller cut. <laughs> I never saw, I never saw Solo, so I can't really. Uh, it's okay, but you don't want an okay Star Wars movie. And also, there's no Star Wars movie this Christmas. If it were released at Christmas, maybe it would have fared better. But we just being a few months after the Last Jedi, so yeah, yeah, yeah. And people were pissed at the Last Jedi. Well, assholes were pissed. That is funny. No, but people were pissed. Whether or not they're assholes has nothing to do with it. People were pissed. Yeah, but I think people were more pissed at Solo because it's too, it's too early. You can't do that shit. People were pissed at Solo because, and I've said this many times, nobody wants to see what Han Solo was like when he was young. They, they had Lando when he was young, however. Lando when he was young is a different thing. And because the, the because hints, there's, a, there's a point in Solo, which you haven't seen, within the Millennium Falcon and they're getting ready for shit and um, Daenerys Targaryen wanders into his cape closet. Yeah. Like it's a full closet full of capes. It's yeah. like, ooh, so many capes. And it's like, I want to see that movie. Yeah, no, but that's the, that's the thing. It's like, what makes a Lando movie more attractive than a Han Solo movie is that we only got so much Lando. Yeah. There's a lot of his story we don't know. And yes, there's a lot of, his, there's a lot of Han Solo's story that we don't know as well, but Han Solo was such an integral part of the original trilogy. And the way he was introduced and, and was, you know that, everything you need to know. Yes, exactly. Part of what makes Han Solo such an amazing character is that you don't know everything. There's this air of mystery. Yeah. He's like fucking, he's like a science fiction Humphrey Bogart. You don't want to know all this no. shit. It's all about the legend. And it's I, like and, everything and I, and about I said, the same with Boba Fett. Yeah, and I said this in, in a podcast many fucking years ago. The whole idea of a legend is that you weren't there. Yeah. <laughs> is that if... If you were there, it may not look like how you thought it looked. Yeah. Whereas with someone like Lando, there's a bit more space for you to play with that legend. With Han Solo, it's like, leave that shit alone. Yeah. That's the whole issue that I think people have with the Solo movie. Yeah. I mean, the fact that it came on the heels of Last Jedi, which, which had some controversial aspects but to it. But I also think, I think it, Star Wars needs to be an event. It can't be a regular occurrence. Exactly. That was part of exactly. the problem. Exactly. But, you know. Have you seen, was it Pedro? What's his name? The guy who got killed by the mountain in Game of Thrones? Oh, this There's is the, rumors he might yeah, be the yeah, Mandalorian. Yeah, the Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's interesting. John Favreau's involved. He's 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 good people. Yeah. Is it? I keep wanting to, I keep wanting to say like Pedro Escobar because <laughs> he's in the Escobar series. The Narcos. But I know it's something like Pedro Pasquale. Yeah, yeah. Is it Pedro Pasquale? I think it might might be. Boom, Not motherfucker. Not sure. It might be it. Check it. No, no, just kidding. Don't it could check be interesting. It. A gunslinger in between the time of. Jedi, between Jedi and The Force Awakens, right? But there was some other actor that was recently, like, sort of announced. There's a lot of big actors, yeah. I can't remember the other ones, but I know, I know, I know what you're thinking of, but it doesn't bring to mind. He's not necessarily a big actor, but he's a big actor to people like you and me. Like, he's like, yeah. a, fuck, like a pop culture kind of... It's not Ron Perlman, but... No, no not Ron Perlman, <laughs> but, it's, but one of those fuckers. Yeah. Anyway. 
<laughs> anyway, I don't think there's anything else. Any other recent news? I mean, we'll get to a separate podcast with Gavin Catch Up. I think in the future we'll do. We'll, we'll, it'll be out of time, but we'll definitely do a podcast on Mandy and I'll definitely do a podcast on Destination Wedding because of, of all the movies I've seen, his was the most human. Um, these are the ones I think that Gavin would get the most out of, and we get the most out of on a podcast. I so. can't wait to see Mandy. I can't wait to see Destination Wedding. Yeah, but I, I have just to, I have to stop talking about them because I big. What was the, what was the movie I bigged up too big, and you were like, "Yeah, it's all right." A monster calls. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm just shedding a tear again. Look, for those of you who didn't hear this particular episode. I bigged it up too much. He did big it up too much. Like, A Monster Calls was a, it was a good. Chill- if you say passable, I'll break this it glass was, and stab it, you in the it, neck. It was a good movie. Yeah. It was a good movie. But <laughs> Ian here fucking said that he had to watch it multiple times and he still cried his eyes out every time he saw it and it got better every time he saw it. Yeah. So I went to see this movie thinking I was going to be a wreck. Yeah. And it just didn't happen. It's a good movie. Don't get me wrong. I, I enjoyed it and it did have a very strong emotional core, but I was not a wreck. I and, ruined it for you. And I was, and I was so looking forward. <laughs> I was, was so looking forward to letting the emotion out finally. I was. I was so looking forward to just being in pieces. <laughs> and it just didn't fucking happen. Well, Matt, I think I'll do a quick capsule review of The Hate You Give. All the right. Hate, the Hate You Give Little Children. All right. What was it? Hug Life. The Hate You Give Little Influence fucks everything. Have you heard, you've heard of the movie anyway, The Hate You Give, right? Yeah, it's I've, based heard, on a book. I've heard of The Hate You Give. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't know that was the rest of the time. Fox Malaysia. <laughs> no, no, but it's, it's, about, it's a two-pack song. Right. And it's based on a book. Oh, that's fuck. Yes, okay. So that's what it is. Right, okay. This movie is, uh, it's one of those things where, it, it not ready player, not to the extent of Ready Player One, but like the main character is obsessed with like Nike Air Jordans and like the Fresh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Right. In this day and age, it's like you're a retro kid for that. Right. But it is a story of a girl uh, growing up in like the hood and her parents send her to a nice school and the hood is all shot in warm colors and the, the white school is shot in like super icy cold. Right. And nice. They, also, they got nice. the most Aryan looking motherfucker to be her best white friend. Nice. <laughs> and something bad goes down involving the cops and gunfire and someone dying. And everyone, everyone like looks to the, looks to her, is it? Not, not, not really. It's not. It's not. It's an. It's an issue movie without banging you over the head with it. It's more about like in any dr- uh, law drama you've ever watched. The idea of going up, someone getting a witness in to talk to the grand jury is part of the show every week. Right. But this is the thing of like no one knows who the witness is. She's the witness. Just the concept of saying anything against the cops is like, should she even do that? Right. And. It goes. It's beautifully structured, and that like there's mentions earlier on of what happened to friends of hers when she was younger that you don't find out till later. Um, uh, the the I would the family unit that they have is just amazing. Like I would quite. I took my girlfriend to see it, and she was just as also blown away. Like, it's, uh, what's that show that was like finishing during the Super Bowls? Like this is also something like that. You know, this kind yeah, of family drama thing. Yeah, yeah. I would quite happily watch six seasons of just this family interacting. Like it starts with the talk. The talk of a black father telling his young kids what to do when you're, 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 none of you can drive, but if you're ever, when you get to the point, like it shows how early he's drumming it into them, that um, when you're pulled over by the cops, or if I'm pulled over by the cops, what do you do? He gives them the whole driving while black talk. Yeah, it's like you put your hands on the desk, and it doesn't matter, you don't go to your phone, you don't do anything, you put your hands on the front, and like you, you follow instructions, and you don't do anything. And that's an incredibly powerful opening to a movie, Yeah, because the kids are like eight, Right, right, right. And it also, like Anthony Mackie's in it. Um, the main girl star is played by Amanda Steinberg. Regina Hall's in it. Uh, Russell Hornsby plays her dad. Um, Common's in it. 
It's, there's a, it, again, the cleverness of this movie is that like Common's a cop and he's the brother to the what's the Hornsby's character, mm-hmm. and like he's an ex. He used to be in the gangs, right? But he got out and he got good. Yeah. And their house is American movie nice house. You know what I mean? Like it's bigger than most Malaysian houses as it is. But all, you can see it's like sagging at the edges. Like they never even bring this up. Common lives in a big ass house and drives a nice ass car because he's a cop. Yeah. And is that system that's that he played with the system. The other guy eventually learned not to fight the system. And it is an idea of um you're you're slinging drugs because there's nothing to do for you, but you're already trapped in another system. And just the way it's done is so well done. Like it never feels preachy. Um George Tillman Jr. directed it. Mm-hmm. It never feels preachy, it never feels like an issue movie. George Tillman Jr. is also the guy who directed the uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. wanted to be a fucking uh, deep sea diver. Navy diver. What's that? Navy diver. It's called Navy diver. No, it's not, no, no. Men of Honor. Men of Honor. Is it Men of Honor? Men of Honor. It was, called, it was, it was called Men of Honor. Navy it, diver earlier. It was called Navy diver. I think like uh, in your in in your yeah. country. Oh, in your in country. My, in, in, my, back in, in the old country. In in Europe, it was called Navy diver. In every every other place, it was called Men of Honor. Ah. I don't want to big you up too much on this movie because again, I got an awful lot of emotional. Like I don't want to say, I, as a white person, you got some white guilt. No, no, I don't have white guilt. I'm fine. You got some white guilt. But I was slightly movie? worried it was going to go into oppression porn, right? Because like you know, it's no, bad I, no, no, I see what you mean. I and it doesn't mean, do yeah, that. Yeah. Like, and it, it just it feels honest and open. And I'm educated enough to know these, you know, the, the issues of Black Lives Matter and all this kind of stuff, and how yeah. that t- ties with the cops and everything. And it treats each one of those things with nuance. Even the cops, like, have mm. a comment in there mm. as the face of the cops. And there's a conversation between her and Common about like what would you do under such situations with like a white perp and a black perp. Yeah. And it's a very powerful moment. And the whole movie is just like it's I think Fox Malaysia are showing it as part they tried they tried to big because Malaysians don't generally go to see Oscar winning movies until they win the Oscar. Yeah. They're doing Finder Man. I was like, what what? No, I didn't. He had a weird like No, no, he had a weird I, no, no, I remember this. I remember this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I didn't hate Interesting way. And there was there's a if you watch uh uh Called Movies with Mikey, film joint yeah, on yeah. YouTube. He's doing a three. He was trying to do a three part piece on Harry Potter movies as they were coming out and talking about behind the scenes and everything about the, how Christopher Columbus made those movies. Like into like he took those books and cast the right people and yeah. seeing those kids grow. Like it's, it's spot on. Yeah, and, and at that the, age across the board. And I heard something else recently about talking about how in the original you cannot fault the casting of the Harry Potter movies. No, and you cannot fault the world building. I mean, okay. The thing about that, I did, I, I did enjoy the books, but I didn't enjoy the films nearly as much, except for Prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah. She, can, she can write the story, but she needs an actual screenwriter to tell her what does and does not work in a cinematic context. Yeah. Because this movie, what really, you know, I am kind of knowledgeable about the Harry Potter universe, not so knowledgeable, but here's something separate from it, yeah. and I can watch it. And for grown-ups. And, and I, I can, a little bit. I can enjoy it for watching it end up another. Yeah. All of the other characters, all of them, have no arc. No. It's like, it's like in the first movie he died, and the second movie he got better. Yeah. Like, I don't want to go into the plot, because obviously the most emotional scene of the whole fucking thing was his... His... The, the, what happens to him at the what end? What happens to him? He turns up and it's like, he got better, and it's like, he's yeah. just following along. It's yeah. like, what, what? Yeah, and also, like, the main sort of, like, MacGuffin of the entire thing, fucking Credence. Yeah. He's also another character. The movie. But also... Without Ezra Miller, there is no fucking movie. Which is weird, because he's not in this movie. 
His, his, meanwhile, and the here's whole a whole backstory you don't care about. Like, and the whole time a, he's just asking, like, who am I? Who am I? Tell yeah. me who I am. Uh, there's a whole character later that's strange, which I forgot. I, had to, I read a review that reminded me. She wasn't in the first movie. She was one of those moving portraits. The Tige. What's it fucking The Strange. Leave the the strange. strange. When when they first meet, why are the close-ups so fucking... weird when Johnny Depp isn't the worst thing about the movie. Not not the character or anything. Or his, yeah. acting. his acting's fine, but, like, his whole history, what's going on. Get you with him. Hashtag bring back Colin Farrell. Like... Like if you want, if you want me to like suspend disbelief with Johnny Depp in a movie, like where he's like a fucking normal person, normal person, you know, anytime you do anything and thinking about it, but there's, I, I won't say who, but there's a character who makes a choice and it keeps, it feels like you're writing a book and this is a chapter and it's like, I don't understand that chapter. Turn the page. Let's go on to the, this movie is that it assumes that you're not just a fan of the first film. But the, I do not understand everything about Harry Potter. Then you have fucking failed. Yeah, your story needs to stand on its own, and you begin yeah. whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. I can see a drop off for this being massive. I, I, I can see a pretty um. big drop off for this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, if Dumbledore is gay, just get the fuck somebody. Stop alluding to this. Bull <laughs> fuck you, dude. Danger Mouse. Danger Mouse. Yeah. I will fucking mirrors, but ultimately there's nothing there, and the mirrors aren't that shiny. Nah. nah. What's going on here? Police Evo 2 had clearer fucking action scenes. Can't wait to see Police Evo 2. Go see Police Evo uh, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right now I'm just looking on. Just to keep working. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, thank And it's Ian again. Unfortunately, that's all we've got for you this week. So keep an eye out for our next podcast, which hopefully will be coming soon. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.